Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to your sports break for this May 4th. It's Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I know you're going to hear that a lot today, but we have a great sports history show because there is so much sports history associated with the, the date of May 4th and Legends of the Game and Hall of Fame birthdays. We've got a lot to cover and we're going to get to it right after we tell you about our social media presence we would love to have you follow us on twitter we are at pigskin dispatch it is the sports dispatch of history uh, we'd love to, to talk to you and uh, communicate with you and have some follows and interaction and uh, you can also follow us and give feedback pigskin dispatch at gmail.com now let's start off with some sports history for this May 4th. And we'll go all the way back to 1871. And the first official league game of baseball was played in the National Association of Baseball Players in 1871. In the contest, Fort Wayne outscored Cleveland by the score of 2 to nothing. The Fort Wayne Deacons player, Jim White, is the player that recorded the very first hit, which ended up being a double in the books. First baseball game in the National League. May 4th, 1929, Yankee star Lou Gehrig, wearing not number four jersey, belts three consecutive home runs to help New York to an 11-9 victory over the Detroit Tigers. Gehrig knocked a total of 35 pitches over the wall that season for the Yanks, and you'd wonder why did the Tigers keep pitching to him three consecutive home runs? My goodness gracious. On May 4, 1963, a very strange record was established by a player on the state. Pitcher Bob Shaw, wearing number 26 of the Milwaukee Braves, was called for five box in one game as the Chicago Cubs outlasted the Braves 7-5 in a contest that had a total of seven box called. Well, maybe that record will be broken now with a new pitch clock, which uh, could take those uh, pitches, that record, way above that level. That's for sure. And we love to talk about baseball and go to some other sites to talk about baseball. And 80sbaseball.com, uh, our friend Jay Daniel runs that site. He has a daily event schedule for during the baseball season, which talks about some great baseball history. And he, uh, we have a link to it on jerseydispatch.com for this May 4th. But there's a, a couple items that we would love to discuss from Jay's site. And they are a, a weirdness play is what he calls it. And May 4th, 1980, a bizarre game in Philadelphia. It was the first inning, Dodgers outfielder Dusty Baker, yeah, the guy that ended up being a manager later on, uh, grounded out in a drive in a run, uh, but Baker had batted out of order, hitting in Ron Say's spot in the lineup. Now, Say was declared out, and Baker went to the plate again and hit a three-run home run to left field, giving the Dodgers a 4-0 lead, and the Dodgers won the game by a score of 12-10. So, Dusty Baker, that's out of order, but uh, comes comes the hero in that game. And there's, he has another great uh, weirdness one, too, but we'll let you go and look take a look at that one. But a big day, he's got uh, four or five of them here for this. On May 4th, 1983... A man named Rodney Klein Carew. Yeah, that's right. Rod Carew went 4 for 5 in a 16 to 8 Angels route of the Orioles. The day raises his batting average to a cool 489 after 24 games, but he'd finished the year at 339. Very respectable indeed. Rod Carew, 
a Hall of Famer and what a ball player he truly was. And uh, we also like to go to another favorite site, and that's thisdayinbaseball.com, and they have a great collection of daily baseball events uh, from all eras of baseball and many of the majors and some of the minor leagues as well. And we go to their May 4th and just grab a couple segments. They have dozens of them. And uh, that's not, no kidding. Uh, May 4th, 1954, the Philadelphia Phillies and St. Louis Cardinals set a major league record by using a whopping 42 players in an 11-inning marathon. Uh, that's going through quite a bit of roster people there. And uh, Rob, Roberto Clemente's brilliant catch in the ninth inning kills a rally by the Braves on May 4th, 1955. Uh, the Pirates legend just had a tremendous knack of uh, making some miraculous plays. This one in the ninth inning always makes it a very dramatic play and very memorable. And that is from thisdayinbaseball.com for their May 4th edition. Follow the link on jerseydispatch.com. And in the show notes, it'll take you to their, their main part of the website. We'll take you right to the May 4th uh, episode in on uh, the jerseydispatch.com website. Now, we also like to jump around and visit some hockey websites and some hockey moments. And we're going to use three of them today, three of our favorites. First of all, is the VintageHockeyJerseys.com website. Tells us that on May 4th, 1972, a player by the name of Bobby Orr, I think you probably heard of him, he wore number four, and he scored a goal during a 5-2 Boston Bruins loss to the New York Rangers to set a new record for career goals by a defenseman with 17. And it took Orr 47 games to break the record of Red Kelly that had done it in 90 games previously in a previous season. Now, an item from the Hockey Writers website, HockeyWriters.com, May 4th, 1976, Reggie Leach, number 27, scored in his eighth straight playoff game to help the Flyers beat the Boston Bruins 4-2 in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup semifinals. Now, Leach tied the postseason record for the longest goal-scoring streak held by Maurice Richard by tying the game at 2-all in the second period. Now, the NHL.com website, they don't want to be left out, and we don't want them left out either. So we're going to go to their post that tells us that on May 4th, 2009, Sid the Kid Crosby, number 87 of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and number 8, Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals, take their rivalry to a whole new level when each scored three goals in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Head-to-head match of superstars. After tying the game early in the second period, Ovechkin powers the Capitals to a 4-3 victory by completing his hat-trick with two goals in a span of 2 minutes and 29 seconds in the third period. His power play goal with 12.53 left puts Washington ahead 3-2 and a shot through the screen over the glove of Penguins goalie Marc-Andre Fleury with, at the 13.22 mark makes it 4-2, triggering a deluge of hats and lighting those lamps for Washington to win that game to the amazement of all and the dismay of Penguins fans like this fella talking here right now. So let's go to the hardwoods and NBA.com offers a couple of great nuggets for the day. May 4th, 1970, the New York Knicks with Dave Dushbashari with number 22 forced to play center against number 13 Wilt Chamberlain after a leg injury sidelined Willis Reed. Nevertheless, defeated Los Angeles 107 to 100 in game 5 of the NBA Finals. The Knicks ultimately captured their first NBA title with a game 7 victory over those Lakers. 
Now, May 4th, 1994, we get an inspiration as the round mound of rebound. Charles Barkley, number 34 of the Phoenix Suns, went 23 of 31 from the field on his field goal attempts and finished with 56 points, leading the visiting Suns to a 140 to 133 victory over the Golden State and a three-game sweep of the Western Conference first-round series. Barkley's 56 points tied for the third highest total ever in an NBA playoff game and his 38 points in the first half, which set a record. And that is just some great uh, sports history there. Now we don't want to give up on our Jersey Dispatch yet. That's a lot of history, but we've got more from them, including some Hall of Fame birthdays. How about Dawn Staley, who was born May 4th, 1970 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She is in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as a guard. She's an outstanding athlete. Staley played college basketball at Virginia in 92, and she was on the Olympic gold medal USA women's team at the 1996 Summer Olympics, and she went on to play professionally in the American Basketball League and later the WNBA for the Charlotte Sting. While still playing pro ball, she started coaching Temple University's Owls women's basketball team in 2000. In eight years at Temple, she led the program to six NCAA tournaments, three regular season conference championships, and four conference tournament titles. She wore that WNBA jersey, number five, with the sting. Also, a very happy birthday goes to some football players, and we have a lot of them over on pigskindispatch.com. May 4th, 1928, in Ponca City, Oklahoma, Michigan State's fine tackle of 1949 and ni- through 1951 season, Don Coleman. Now, Coleman helped guide MSU to a 9-0 record in 1951, winning the Spartans' first natural, national championship on the gridiron. He won a deluge of awards, which you can read about on Pigskin Dispatch, went into the College Football Hall of Fame at the 1975 induction ceremonies, and a great player in Mr. Don Coleman. Another great player was born 1910 on the 4th of May in Milton, Massachusetts. His name was Barry Wood, the Harvard University quarterback from 1929 through 1931 season. The footballfoundation.org tells us that he was quite a tremendous athlete as Dr. Barry Wood earned 10 varsity letters at Harvard, lettering in football, hockey, baseball, and tennis. However, football is where he really excelled. He was on Grantland Rice's first All-American team in 1931 as a sophomore. In 1929, he threw a 40-yard touchdown pass and drop kicked two extra points for a 20-all tie with a powerful Army team. He ended up playing part in a lot of other great victories uh, for Harvard. And the National Football Foundation selected Barry Wood for entrance into the College Football Hall of Fame in their 1980 ceremonies. We're talking about great college players. How about one of the four horsemen? Elmer Layden was born May 4th, 1903 in Davenport, Iowa, and he was uh, Irish fullback from 1922 to 1924. Now, Elmer was one of those uh, famed horsemen, like we told you, and he was not only a great player, but also served as a coach, college athletics administrator, and a professional sports executive. After completing his collegiate playing football days, he uh, played pro ball in the original AFL, Red Granges League, in 1925 and in 1926 he played with three clubs the Hartford Blues the Brooklyn Horsemen and the Rock Island Independence they're more of uh, a couple games here and there is a showcase exhibition you know draw some attention to draw some crowd type things but he played nonetheless he began his coaching career during the same two seasons at Columbia College in Dubuque Iowa 
now known as Loras College. Layton then served as a head coach at Duquesne University from 1927 to 1933 and at his alma mater, Notre Dame, from 1934 to 1940, where he also held the position of athletic director. From 1941 to 1946, Layton was a commissioner of the National Football League, and he's inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame as a player in 1951. Another birthday. This one from May 4th, 1938, Hampton, Arkansas. It was Wayne Harris who played center for the Arkansas Razorbacks from 1958 to 1960. Now the NFF states that Wayne was an excellent blocker on offense and a fierce tackler on defense in single platoon football. And he was on the field almost the entire game, every game of his career. He was a first team All-America selection and Harris set Arkansas single season record for tackles with 174 in the 1960 season. He ended up winning many all-conference uh, selections and uh, awards and conference players of the year. And the College Football Hall of Fame inducted him into their museum in 2004. Now, he was further honored in 1976 when the Canadian Football Hall of Fame inducted him for his fine play as a career, as a member of the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL. Now that's our sports history, or football history, baseball, basketball, and hockey uh, for May 4th. And we are sure glad that you were able to join us. We hope you join us once again at, at all of our episodes. Uh, you can find them very easily in our newsletter. Or put us as one of your favorites on your favorite podcast provider. We are on Spotify, Audacity, uh Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you name it, just about anyway, Stitcher, uh, all of them. And uh, you make sure you, you can find out exactly when we drop by doing that or by our newsletter, which comes out each and every morning. And we told you how to do that. Go to the show notes of this podcast. So till next time, everybody, have a great sports history day. This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com, not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. You get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.